The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from Alaska, aboard Holland America Line's MS Osterdam, this is Cruise Radio. Yes, we are aboard Holland America's MS Osterdam, wrapping up our seven-night sailing. We did Alaska's Inside Passage. Joining me is special guest and guest host, travel writer Chris Owen. Actually, you're on the show so much. Is it really? Are you really a special guest anymore? I don't know. I think I'm just kind of like the janitor around here. Clean things up when you need it done. Yeah, because the honeymoon's over, man. Dude, thanks for being here. <laughs> what did you think of this sailing so far? We're on day number six right now. Where are all the old people? Exactly. I, I thought there was going to be a ship full of old people. I was ready. I had my cane uh, protection and, and uh, <laughs> bumper guards for my knees in case the people in the wheelchairs got me. You know, no problem at all because it's not all old people. There's lots of kids, 200 kids on this ship. I couldn't believe it. And uh, we saw those multi-generational families we thought we'd see. Absolutely. Grandpa was here with Grandma with, with grandma and the kids and their kids. That was, that was cool. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, this is an amazing ship. It is an amazing ship. And a couple of facts about this ship is it was built in 2003. It has 11 decks, like 14 elevators, lots of public rooms, like uh, two dozen public rooms. Um, holds 1,916 guests and 800 crew. It weighs in at 82,000 tons. Now, my big thing, Chris, was we're boarding the ship. We're going to Alaska. The views are going to be awesome. But what kind of entertainment is the ship going to offer us? No big-name Broadway shows, no uh, entertainers that you'd see on TV, but I tell you what, they've got six distinct entertainment venues, including, and then on top of the main showroom, that have things going all the time. And on top of that, they have the Explore program. There are different tracks of technology, food, entertainment, wine, all that stuff. It's all there, and each person can pick out what they're interested in, which I think is really cool. And speaking of entertainment, we have Cruise Director Drew with us here. Pleasure to be here. Where are you from and what's your background? I'm from Perth in uh, Western Australia, born and bred down under. I've been uh, working for Holland America Line for the last eight years and been a cruise director for about five of that. Cool. Explain to our listeners what kind of activities you have on board here because I was counting up all the activities in the Explorer today and there's like 52 of them. There's like something for everybody. Certainly is, yeah. And that's when we spent a morning in port as well. What we've tried to do is uh, really base our program on what we call our enrichment activities. Now, there's four main staff uh, that we call our explorations team and that starts with our party planner and uh, she's in charge of the culinary arts center so she uh, concentrates a lot on things like cooking demonstrations hands-on cooking classes wine tastings and mixology classes as well we have our tech expert on board and he works in our digital workshop which is powered by windows windows approached us a few years ago and they wanted to create some classes tailor-made for our guests that take the fear out of the ever-changing technology 
It's been an uh, extremely popular program uh, with many of our guests of all ages. And uh, this is anything like projecting your identity online, shopping right. for a new computer, and uh, using the Microsoft Cloud out there as well. Um, one of the uh, popular programs on board is our travel guide. We have one on every single ship with Holland America Line, mm-hmm. and it's tailor-made for every itinerary. We believe that our guests these days are looking for as much information as they can about the areas we're going to. And that doesn't mean just getting around in port, but also through the history of certain areas as well. Uh, Our travel guide, uh, as well as some great lectures, um, she's always available to answer any question, but also does some uh, very special scenic cruising in different parts of the world. Uh, We also uh, have uh, a fantastic lifestylist on board, which looks after our mind, our body and spirit. Mm -hmm. They work closely with the Greenhouse Spa and Salon and uh, run such activities like Tai Chi every single morning, fun sporting events around the ship, but also some uh, seminars on maybe why Tai Chi is good in your life or uh, even things like how to sleep better at night time. So with those four main staff, we do cover a wider range of activities. Mm -hmm. And then with people like our DJ on board and myself, we also run a lot of fun other game shows and also trivia events around the ship so we really try and cater for a little bit of something for everybody and that doesn't include certainly our uh, fully qualified club house staff with our youth program which is three different ages from the kids the tweens and then the teenagers right. as well are the classes are most of them complimentary in your explore program that's correct. Yeah, pretty much everything that we do do is complimentary. The only classes that do incur any type of fee are the very small private hands-on cooking classes where we can only have up to 12 people in them, for example, or if our guests wanted to uh, participate in one of the mixology classes. But even then, we always uh, invite anybody to come along and watch. Sure. But if they want to taste the products as well, then there's a small fee. But uh, really with the program, it does have uh, mostly complimentary activities. And like our digital workshop, it was the first of its kind at sea to be all complimentary computer classes. The Culinary Arts Centre on board here is kind of new. How popular has that been? Extremely popular. We teamed up with Food & Wine magazine for this one. Um, We've noticed that um, in the world today, people are really starting to wonder more and more about health, and it's about education at the moment. So our chefs have um, put together uh, delicious uh, dishes that our guests can see prepared, and they can even purchase the cookbooks at home. Um, This was all uh, put together as well with our culinary department in Holland, America at Seattle and also our master chef, Rudy Soderman. So teaming up with some very brilliant and award-winning minds, we've been able to find a, uh, a popular program that everyone enjoys. This itinerary is amazing. Are there any tips you have for first-time Alaska cruisers? Absolutely. And uh, Alaska can be done on your own, but there's also a huge amount of shore excursions. Holland America Line really is known for exploring Alaska the best out of any of the cruise lines. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, we have nine out of 15 of our ships up in Holland America Line this year alone. Um, The amazing experiences that I've had haven't just been ashore, but also some of the spectacular scenic cruising like the Tracy Arm earlier in the cruise with the magical Sawyer Glacier. Um, Some of my most memorable times and things that I would always suggest to guests um, is anything that involves the ocean or air. And there is no way to see Alaska better than getting the opportunity to maybe take a helicopter ride up into one of the glaciers to do the dog trekking, or even one of the classic DeVille float planes that uh, go through all of the fjords. Um, There are many things that you can do and explore on your own. And the great thing about all the ports that we do access is we're pretty much docked uh, right in the middle of town. Our guests can walk off and uh, explore the day in the best way possible. There's a ton of options. Cruise Director Drew Smith, thanks for being on Cruise Radio, man. It's a pleasure. 
It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or best? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being, and they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website, and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. As we mentioned earlier, we are on a seven-night sailing. We left out of Seattle, Washington. We had a day at sea. We spent the day cruising Tracy Arm. We went to Juneau. We went to Sitka, Ketchikan, and we wrapped up in Victoria before we head back to Seattle. Well, I'll tell you, that itinerary is pretty cool. The thing I like about it is that it's really almost like two full days at sea by the time we actually get off the ship, which is nice for people that have traveled all the way to Seattle to relax and rejuvenate, uh, get re- get ready to go, because the, you hit the ground running in Alaska with shore excursions that take you deep into the interior of the state, which is really where all the neat stuff is. Like, Doug, your excursion in Juneau. It was supposed to be the Mendenhall Glacier by helicopter, like the glacier walkabout, but it turned out to be, it was such a beautiful day there, we actually got to go to Taku Glacier, which they say less than 1% of people who catch helicopter tours from the Juneau Airport actually have stepped foot on Taku Glacier. So that was very cool, just getting to experience that. Have you ever done the helicopter glacier thing? Yes, but not. I never even heard of that one that you, that you went on. I went to look it up, and then you're in. You're right. Nobody ever goes there. It's usually socked in by weather. I can't explain it. I saw it, and I was just. It took my breath away. It was. People have said sailing on Alaska is just like you're living in a postcard, and I have to agree with that 100. percent I got the same thing before the first time we came. Somebody said, you look in any direction, there's a picture to take. And that's sure true. Anywhere you want to look, there's a there's there's a photo opportunity just waiting to be had. It's it's a great place. Joining us now is Shore Excursion Manager Joey. He operates the Shore Excursion Desk here on the Osterdam. Joey, welcome to Cruise Radio, man. Hey there. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Thanks, man. This itinerary is so cool. We hit Juneau, Ketchikan, Sitka, and Victoria. What are some of your most popular shore excursions i guess it's kind of unfair to say most popular because they all seem so cool but you know what do you normally see with concern to juno being the longest day of the seven day trip flying is a big deal Mm -hmm. Uh, you've got the glaciers you've got the helicopters the float planes Uh, we've also got some great great land-based tours Uh, mushers camp you know dog sledding uh, zip lining you know a river rafting kayaking, right. biking and brewing, you know, a little bit of biking with some beer and sure. you know, good old times. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot to choose in Juneau. I didn't do a shore excursion in Sitka. What seems to be the most popular one there? Uh, for Sitka, definitely it's the wildlife. You know, you've got the sea otters, the wildlife. Uh, we've got that great company by the name of Allen Marine. They've got those big heated enclosed restroom equipped vessels, you know, the binoculars, the naturalist, whales, sea otters, you know, eagles. Very, very popular. Uh, some great hiking, biking tours, too. In Ketchikan yesterday, I did the flight seeing and crab feast, which was awesome. What are you seeing in Ketchikan, and do any of them typically sell out pretty quick? 
Uh, definitely the Misty Fjords, uh, mm-hmm. just being geographically where we're located. It's so close uh, to Ketchikan, and it's a great added bonus to the trip. Uh, also, you know, everything from the Lumberjack Show to uh, zip lining. Uh, right now we're in the season for bear watching. Sure. So uh, you know, lots of great things. A lot of good history stuff, too, like the Saxmanata Village, uh, you know, the totems and uh, uh, little trolley tours. But uh, definitely a lot, uh, lots of good stuff out there. And our last port is Victoria, which it seems like we're only there for like two minutes. So what do you do there? Uh, Victoria's great. You know, we're in on a Saturday, so it's kind of a weekend visit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's summer. Uh, they're quite a great, great place to visit. A uh, great uh, place just to go downtown. Uh, use the Empress Hotel as your main kind of focal point and just work your way from there. And great little pubs, restaurants, uh, uh, little cafes, and just a great place just to walk around, real friendly Canadians. And, uh, of course, the Bouchard Gardens being a great, great big feature uh, that takes up most of your time while you'd be there with us on board. Uh, but uh, even just making your way into town, either walking or just uh, taking a shuttle, it's a great way to see Victoria. What excursions on the Alaska itinerary are more geared towards families? Um, for families, I think, you know, depending, of course, on the size of the group, but, uh, you know, we get a lot of families that want to go up together on a helicopter, mm-hmm. uh, being some of the helicopters fit four to five, depending on weights and balances. But, uh, you know, um, the Mushers Camp in Juneau zip lining is great for families. Uh, we've got the whale watching tours. That's really, really popular for the kids and for the adults because it's something for all ages and it tends to really work well. And uh, even some of the, the bus tours, you know, just little short uh, stops and some of the historical stops, great photo opportunities, uh, but definitely more leaning to the adventurous side. Any tips on booking shore excursions? Um, definitely coming into the season, you know, it can be very busy. And as you probably noticed, you know, there's a lot of ships in port when yeah. we're there. So I definitely highly recommend going onto the website. Go to hollandamerica.com. We've got a great, great shore excursion website. We've got videos on there too now, so you can actually see uh, what you'd be doing. And uh, pre-booking, of course, I think is always the best way to go. Nothing like getting to your cabin and having those tickets waiting for you sure. and your week be planned. I was talking to a couple of tour operators off the ship, and I didn't know this, but I just learned that a lot of them have exclusive agreements with the cruise line, so you can't get off the ship and try to hop on that tour and think you're getting a deal. Is that it's very correct? And you know, that's the great thing about the loyalty with them and us. You know, we've been coming to Alaska for a long time, so you know the the uh, connections and the operators have worked with us for well over 20, sometimes 30 years. And Mm -hmm. so there's definitely an agreement where, you know, we get the best allotments, we get the best departures, and we get the best product. What's the benefit of booking your excursion through the cruise line? Well, I think the biggest thing is peace of mind, uh, quality. I think the value is great. And I think one thing that's really important to see, and you've probably noticed it this week because we have left some guests back in port, (laughs) is, you know, if there is a delay, if something happens, if you're out fishing with us and your boat decides to break down, you know, we will not leave without you. We're going to be there waiting for you because I will be at the gangway. And I know that you've booked with us because it's in the system. And uh, it's a guarantee, you know, that uh, we're not going to leave you uh, in Juneau and make you pay a really expensive flight up to Sitka. Which is not cheap. Very informative. Shore Excursion Manager Joe, thanks for being on Cruise Radio, man. Yeah, thank you very much and hope to see you again. Did you know that Mendenhall Glacier is one of 38 glaciers flowing from the Juneau Ice Field? So I've got to say, Barry, I've done some pretty cool excursions in my life, but I think these excursions in Alaska have 
top the cake. If it wasn't for the glacier hike in Juneau, that was amazing via helicopter. And then today in Ketchikan, we did the exclusive mountaintop flight sing and crab feast, which was great. And the crab was like to die for. What did you think of it? Well, I've done it before, and that's the reason why I chose this excursion. But you know, Holland America, they own the Alaska excursions. I mean, they do so great with the excursions, and they they choose all the best excursion companies. And this is such a fun excursion, going to that George Inlet Lodge, and then the uh, float plane back to Ketchikan. It's just, the food is great, and the the whole experience is just a lot of fun. And it's like two of Alaska's signature things. There's the float plane and the crab. Right. Everybody, you know, many people in Alaska, that's how they get around. They get around yeah. by float plane. And, and then the crab, of course, is just fantastic. It, it was funny because it was such an intimate group we had because we had a shuttle van of like 12 people this morning. And then they mentioned that they were going to maybe have to cancel the, or they were going to cancel the float plane part because it was so foggy. So everyone was like, hell with it. I'm getting out. And then sure enough, we got to the lodge and they were like, we're taking a float plane back to the ship. And so we're like, ha, suckers. I figured that that the the fog would burn off. It always does. Yeah, it usually does. But And I, I figured, hey, they'll probably send us back. But I just wanted to sit and just enjoy the crab at least. Yeah, and if the whole float plane's not your thing, you can actually go to a rainforest, you can go hiking there, you can go um, salmon fishing, uh, take a zip line. There's a lot to do in Ketchikan. There, there's so much to do. And, and it's the, a very walkable town, And too. the town is so quaint and, and friendly and fun to walk around. We even saw an old brothel. Yeah. Yeah, they said it was a brothel, and I went in to actually check it out, and it was a museum. I thought it was a real brothel. I think you were a little disappointed. <laughs> Barry Vodrin, God bless you, man. Thanks, Doug. And it's great to be on your show again. Want to win $5,000 towards the trip of your choice? Yeah! Now through August 27th, log on to tripinsurance.com and click Conquer the World Sweepstakes to register to win five grand. Registration is simple and easy. Double your chances of winning by inviting your friends on Facebook and Twitter. You'll get an extra entry for every friend entered. 50 second place winners will walk away with the ultimate travel bag. Sit on the beach, hit the slopes, or see the glaciers of Alaska with tripinsurance.com. Com's Conquer the World Sweepstakes. Get in a win at tripinsurance.com or cruiseradio.net. And it wouldn't be a cruise without amazing food. On this ship, they have four different dining options. They have the Vista Dining Room, which is your main dining room, the Pinnacle Grill, which is like their um, specialty steakhouse on board. There's a uh, $25 fee to dine there. Uh, Canaletto, their Italian restaurant, $10 fee for that. Terrace Grill, they serve uh, burgers, fries, chicken sandwiches, and stuff over on the Lido deck inside the little terrace there. And you have the Lido deck restaurant, which is your typical cruise line buffet. Chris, let's start with the main dining room. What did you think of the main dining room food and the whole operation? Pretty standard, really. Uh, I was actually expecting um, something more elegant, but uh, what, I, what we came up with was very nice. It was nicely done, uh, served promptly. Hot things were hot, cold things were cold. You can't ask for a lot more than that, really. I was kind of picturing Holland America, formal night, tuxedo, everything. Not so much, though. It, maybe it is uh, during the... Uh, off season, but here in the summer season, from what I understand, with all the families and kids that come aboard, uh, like there's 200 on this ship of 2,000 people, that's a lot of kids, it is a, a less formal uh, atmosphere. Canaletto was good, the Italian joint we had dinner at last night. What were your thoughts on it? 
Well, you were talking about prices just a minute ago, about uh, the Pinnacle Grill is $25 and the Candeletto is, is $10. Uh, this brings into, this brings to my mind the old phrase that it's a bargain at twice the price. Because Candeletto, I think, by far outshined the Pinnacle Grill uh, every step of the way, from the moment we entered the dining room to the time we left. It was just absolutely fabulous. Definitely worth the $10, I think, in Candeletto. I was eating at an Italian restaurant at the Hyatt at the, uh, Tampa, Florida, and it was like $75 a plate for what we had, our appetizers, main course, dessert, and glass of wine. So for $10, it's like, wow, you can't beat it. Uh, like you were just mentioning, Pentacle Grill. Um, I went with the 20-ounce porterhouse medium rare. Loved it. Their creme brulee was amazing. Jumbo shrimp cocktail, it's like baby lobsters. They're, they're pretty big. What would you have and what would you think of it? And, and how many of those, how many of those uh, creme brulees did you have there? You like those a lot, I understand. <laughs> more than one, that's all I'll say. More than one. And I can understand that. I could sit there and eat them all day because they are very good. We're at whatever venue you get them in. Pinnacle Grill, I was impressed with. The, like you say, those shrimp cocktails, they look little fish yeah. jumping off of there. They're, they're huge. I've never seen a shrimp that big. Very nice. Uh, steaks were tender, cooked as ordered. That thing you had was what we what we used to call a roast when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I don't know how you get the steak out of that thing, but it was huge. And that's that's kind of that's kind of crazy. It was like cut it in half, give me half, and well, I can't take the other half home. I'm not going home. So what do you do with it? I don't know. <laughs> the terrace grill by the pool is your typical burger and fry joint by the pool. The Lido Deck restaurant I thought was pretty good. I mean, I think it pretty much compares to other cruise lines. You know, Princess Celebrity, that whole field, different islands with different food type thing. What do you think? Agreed. That's exactly what it is. It's a scatter-style cafeteria uh, operation where you go to wherever, whatever interests you. You don't have to stand in line and go buy all the things that are not, that are not good that, that you don't care for. You go right to the things that you'd like and pick them up, and it makes for quick and efficient service. What I did like best, though, was the first 48 hours, they uh, don't let the passengers touch the utensils. Mm -hmm. They rope off the lines, and uh, there's employees, crew members standing behind there to get you whatever it is you want. You point to it or say what it is. There's, there's signs on things. The good part about that is that it completely elim eliminates the possibility of cross-contamination and the foodborne illness that comes around cruises that we hear so much about in the news. They've put an absolute stop to it by keeping the passengers' hands off the utensils. Did you know on a seven-night sailing, the MS Osterdam goes through over 11,000 pounds of beef 3,800 pounds of chicken and over 23,000 eggs. So what did you think about the entertainment over the Osterdam? Well, I actually look forward to it at the end of every day. It uh, gave me something to do late at night and when I went and saw it, I was impressed with how good it was. The music, the costumes, the dancing, the singing, even the comedians they had were really good. You know, Chris, it amazes me the precision in steering this big ship through Tracy Arm. It's like they plan exactly where they're going to be when they dock uh, 50 miles away because you never see any big turns or movements. It's just the ship just kind of rolls into, into, into port. It reminds me of like one of those rides at Disney World, like um, Pirates of the Caribbean, where the ship's actually on some kind of track or railing. And it's just such – those S-turns are so fluent and smooth. It's just very cool. Joining us now is the captain of the Osterdam, Captain Vanderloo. Captain, welcome to Cruise Radio, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Very good afternoon. I started out in Nautical College, and that is a, a, a little while ago. And after four years of Nautical College, I started working for this company, and that's about 24 years ago. Mm -hmm. Climbing up the ranks from a fourth officer, third officer, second officer, chief officer, and almost 10 years ago I became captain. Cool. Do captains tend to run the same routes every year? Like, are you always doing the Alaska route every summer? 
Well, uh, our company has uh, about half of their ships sailing here in Alaska, mm-hmm. so the, the, the chance of sailing in Alaska is pretty big if you're sailing with this company. How tough is it navigating through Tracy Arm? Because the ship gets mighty close to the ice and the rocks. Well, um, the rocks are very well visible on the radar. Um, as long as you're within, uh, you make sure that the speed is not too high, mm-hmm. so you have very good control over the ship. And it is very much a matter of making sure that uh, the external factors, the ice and the current, um, stay under control. Until you, when you get closer to the ice, that's the deciding factor where you turn around. I was going to ask you, are the routes ever impassable? Yep. In, in Tracy Arm, um, I've been told, I didn't go there last year, but I've been told that last year they could not go even half as far as that we normally were. Wow. You mentioned um, Alaska pilots uh, a couple of days in the voyage. Do they actually come on board here and stay for the whole passage? And uh, what exactly do they do? The, the pilots come on board um, on the third day, just before we arrive in Tracy Arm, and they both stay on board until we leave Ketchikan. So they stay on board for quite a while. They, they live here, and they relieve each other while we are sailing. And they are officially um, their guidance. They provide their advisors. They have no responsibility, only then officially advising the captain or the uh, navigators where to go. Uh, and we have a listener question here. How rough do the seas have to be before you put the stabilizers out? The roughness of the sea doesn't de- de- uh, decide that. It is the angle of how the waves make the ship move. Okay. And so the, the, ship, the ship movement decides is the, is the indicator whether we're going to be deploying the, the stabilizers. And usually if the ship starts rolling between 1 and 2 degrees, then that's usually the deciding factor to put out the stabilizers. Do stabilizers, do they roll with the ship or do they flap? Um, they, they basically have to imagine them as airplane wings, mm-hmm. and by their controlling, they, they, they dampen the motion rather than anything else. Very informative. Captain Vanderloo, thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio. Fantastic. Well, I hope you had a good cruise. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Chris, you know, when I think of Holland America, I really don't think of a kid program or it being super kid-friendly, but in fact, it really is. You know, it reminds me of just about any other ship that had, or any other cruise line, as a matter of fact, that has a lot of kids on a regular basis. These these people know what to do with them. With 200 kids on board, they had lots of things for them to do, activities all around the ship, and then they went ashore on shore excursions too, which I think was just absolutely fabulous for people of a young age. Yeah, you're totally right because, you know... It says a lot about a kid's program when you don't see the kids all over the ship. Oh, no kidding. A lot of times the kids will be running around making a nuisance of themselves. You don't see that at all. With 200 on board, that, you know they were here. You know, Nancy Schrader from the Family Travel Network told me that this is a good ship for kids. And I, you know, I trust her, but I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. Joining us now on Cruise Radio is Natalie. She is one of the counselors in the Clubhouse Kids Program. Natalie, welcome to Cruise Radio. Thank you very much. So when you think of Holland America, you don't really think of kids programs. So, like, what kind of programs do you offer for kids in the different age groups? Different age groups we have are 3 to 7, 8 to 12, and then we have our team program, 
13 to 17. Mm -hmm. And we have different activities all day on sea days, on port days. We also have theme nights for different age groups, and the programs are run towards their ages. Mm -hmm. So specifically for their ages, to get to know each other, to have fun, and it's just a great time. What about for, like, dining? Because I know dining is, like, a long, drawn-out process. Little Timmy, who's six years old, is not going to sit through a two-hour dinner. Do you offer, like, a dinner program, or do you, could, can you pick the kids up, like, after the first course or anything like that? Oh, yeah. They can be picked up, dropped off at any time of the day um, in our regular scheduled hours. And at nighttime, they can pick them up and drop them off whenever. We also have a snack time at night, mm-hmm. just in case the kids didn't have dinner, they didn't have time to do that. We have hamburgers and It rotates, usually depending on the activities for the night. How late is the kids' club open aboard these ships? We are open until 10 o'clock, and then we have after hours, which are open until midnight or 1, depending on what the parents would like to do. If they're going to be out dancing in the northern lights, we're open for that option. Do you have, like, a kid-to-counselor ratio? Uh, Depending on the cruise, we usually try to have about... Uh, two counselors in each room. Mm-hmm. If we have about 300 kids on board, it depends usually on the kid ratio, yeah. And then we, um, our boss schedules us on each ship and flies us in and gets us all set up. Cool. Is the teens program very popular because, like, the 16- and 17-year-olds are not like, no, I don't think so. Well, at first, it's kind of hard to get them to come in. Yeah. But once we start recruiting each other, or start recruiting them, right. and they start recruiting each other around the ship, they they have lots of fun. I've noticed um, my <laughs> some of my teens even have made Facebook pages so they mm-hmm. can keep in contact because they're all around the world, and it's great to have friends. I know working as a staff, I meet people from all around the world, and it's definitely great to keep in contact, too. She is staff in Club Howe. Natalie, thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio. Thank you very much. Well, Chris, it's about time to wrap things up here. But in closing, what were your final thoughts of this sailing? Well, it's a good ship. Uh, nice crew, and the crew always makes the ship. It, it, you can have the most fabulous ship with the greatest amount of amenities and things on it. But if you have a, a lousy crew that's not uh, happy, uh, it can ruin it for anybody. The thing I like about Alaska is it's so close to the United States as far as if you're sailing from Seattle. I didn't think that would be a good option. I've done Alaska before, and I did a north-to-south itinerary, uh, beginning up and high in Alaska and and ending in Vancouver. Uh, I was skeptical about uh, the seven-day round-trip Seattle. But I think it's a fabulous itinerary. I think it's, it's, I don't think it's a second best itinerary, uh, compared to a, either a northbound or a southbound. I would highly recommend the, uh, seven day round trip Seattle on Holland America. There's definitely that easy in and out when you're flying in and out of Seattle, getting to the cruise port there. Plus you alleviate, um, the whole customs immigration thing going in and out of Vancouver. To me, it's like everybody wants to go to Europe and this and nothing against going to Europe or any other cruise destination, but it's just amazing to me how we have all this stuff in our own backyard. We have the glaciers, we have the mountains, we have the wildlife. It's just, there's so much to offer in Alaska. And I think if it's not on someone's bucket list, it really should be, or they should research their own backyard some more. You are absolutely right about that. Three days before this sailing, I had just gotten back from Europe and seen some fabulous, iconic sites, uh, UNESCO World Heritage sites, um, things that have been around for centuries. And that was cool. This was Every bit as wonderful an experience, if not more. Probably more, more so, because it is part of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips for folks who may be considering cruising Alaska? Don't, don't wait. 
uh, don't wait at all. I've talked to several environmentalists while we're on, on board the ship who told me the, the, the thing about global warming is absolutely true, pointed out things that I could see with my own eyes that proved it, and uh, the longer you wait, the less chance you'll have to see some of the fa- most fabulous natural wonders in the world right, as you say, in our bone backyard. My tip would have to be, once you're sailing on here, pay attention to what time you have to be back aboard. Because we <laughs> we were pulling out yesterday, and I guess it's not really funny, but we were pulling out yesterday, yeah, and there was a guy on the pier. Now, it said clearly, all aboard, 1230, leaving at 1 o'clock. At 105, the ship starts pulling away from the dock, and he's running down the pier with two big old bags of T-shirts, yelling, wait, wait. Now, that guy actually had to take Alaskan Airlines all the way down to Victoria, where he'll catch the ship later on. But, yeah, definitely pay attention to the all aboard, because you don't want to be like that guy in making Alaska Airlines a lot of money. Or don't travel with dumb people like that guy, yeah. that's for sure. I mean, most everybody else was on the ship. 2,000 people on the ship, 1,999 were on the <laughs> ship. This one guy's running down the dock in Alaska with T-shirts <laughs> to catch the ship. And he's going to have to foot the bill for on yeah. his own to get to the wherever he's going to go. I don't know where he's going to go. Yeah, that'll do it. Chris, thank you so much for being here and uh, guest hosting the show with me this week. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. You can catch all of our coverage, our sea blog, our day-to-day stuff at cruiseradio.net. You can also check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Also, Chris, you did a lot of coverage on this cruise as well. Where can we find your stuff? Look at chriscruises.net, where you'll also find uh, our day-to-day account of what happened, as well as uh, Doug's Cruise News and uh, direct links to the uh, radio broadcasts. Broadcasting aboard Holland America's MS Osterdam, I'm Doug Parker. I'm Chris Owen. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio.